0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk, bringing you financial market insights from AIB's experts. Hello, and welcome to our Market Talk podcast. Today is Tuesday, the 14th of November. I'm Stuart Banks from AIB Treasury, and as usual, I'm joined today by John Fahey, AIB Senior Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. John, we lead off with the central bank meetings that have happened over the past few weeks. You might give our listeners an insight into what's been going on.
1: Yeah, well, so in one sense, not a lot has happened because all those three central banks uh, left policy on hold at their respective meetings over the last couple of weeks. So if we first kind of just talk around the uh, ECB, uh, so their meeting towards the end of October, uh, as expected, no surprise, they left the deposit rate on hold at 4%. So this was the first meeting since July 2022 uh, when they started to hike interest rates in terms of their hiking cycle uh, that they didn't hike rates. So in total now, the ECB... uh, height of height by four hundred and fifty basis points their last rate hike came in September, which was by twenty five so we didn't we don't get any specific guidance now from all the main central banks, but in terms of what we heard uh, from the European Central bank meeting and President lagarde uh, they talk around sufficiently restrictive level of interest rates uh, for as long as necessary so they deem interest rates are close to or at that level now, uh, but what it does mean is that you know, in terms of where we are from a rate outlook perspective, we're probably at the peak, uh, but there's no reason to expect any rate cuts uh, any time uh, soon. Uh, and that's the key message, I suppose, uh, from the ECB. Similarly, in terms of the Bank of England, uh, this was their second consecutive meeting where the Bank of England ref- left rates on hold at five and a quarter percent. And really, if you look at where we are at the moment, you know, similar there too, rates do seem. Uh, to be at their peak level. Now, the decision amongst the Monetary Policy Committee uh, was not unanimous. It was a 6-3 vote. So there was still three MPC members uh, looking for uh, an interest rate increase or voting for a 25 base points increase. Uh, But what we're hearing from the Bank of England is, obviously, they still do retain a tightening bias. They're still guiding that if required, they would raise interest rates again, but they've given no indication uh, that uh, another rate increase is on the cards, and finally, in terms of the U.S. Federal Reserve, uh, they left rates on hold. This is the third meeting of the last four uh, where they haven't changed interest rates, uh, so they still remain at a 22-year high in a range of five and a quarter to five and a half uh, percent. But what we got from them, from a guidance perspective, again, you know, they continue to keep their options open uh, regarding the need, if if necessary. And a willingness to hike interest rates Uh, again, uh, but uh, what we're seeing in terms of their guidance or any commentary is that you know they've given no signal that they do expect to increase interest rates uh, in terms of where they are from now on out. The general view is, and the general view in the market, is that U.S. rates have peaked.
0: Okay, thanks, John. And there's a common theme here. You've mentioned that all major central banks have 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 left rates on hold um, at at their last meetings. What will be the
1: drivers of the next action from the central banks? Well, when we take a step back first, as you say, all on hold. So the general view is now is that interest rates have peaked in all those three uh, key economies. Now, that doesn't mean you can't rule out, you know, the chances of another rate hike. You know, if you look at where futures contracts are, markets pricing in around 10 to 15% percent uh chance of uh, maybe a rate hike in the uk or the us so it's still a l- very low probability attachment that the market's pricing into that uh, so really rates are at their peak so in the eurozone uh you're at four percent in the us you're in a range of five and a quarter to five and a half and in the uk you're at five and a quarter percent uh, so really where the market's looking now where the pricing is is well, when do we get the first uh cut uh, from any of those uh, central banks And if you look at where pricing is uh, from that perspective, uh, it's really uh, in terms of ECB, it's the second half of next year uh, where you have uh, interest rates, uh, where the pricing is that rates could be cut Uh, in the Bank of England. It's it's the first couple of months next year. They don't expect any change there either. Uh, And similarly uh, in the US, it's around mid-year. So what's happening now is the market's now assessing that rates are either at their peak or very close to their peak. And then it's, well, when's the timing of the first rate cut? And really, that's going to be very much data dependent. You could say when you look at the European Central Bank, in terms of the level of rate cuts that are priced in there, uh, you know, it would likely mean that, you know, what would generate that rate cut? Well, it would be a sustained mover down in inflation And probably, uh, you know, major slowdown in in the eurozone economy uh, for the ECB to cut rates versus where the market expects and to the extent that market expects rates to be cut by uh, next year. You know, at different stages over the last couple of weeks, the market was pricing in anything between 50 to 75 base points of rate cuts uh, from the uh, ECB. That's what the market was pricing. What the ECB themselves are saying, uh, and even in the last couple of days, we had relatively hawkish comments from President Lagarde, uh, roughly paraphrasing not to expect rate cuts in the coming quarters. Uh, So the market's probably a little bit more dovish uh, than what we're hearing from the ECB. But the general view is that in the second half of next year, uh, rate cuts will come on the horizon because inflation will be on a sustained downward trajectory towards the relative central banks, 2% targets. And are their economies uh, will have a loss of momentum that will, you know, entice central banks to cut rates. Okay, thanks, John. And switching
0: tax slightly, John, we've seen elevated levels of volatility in bond and equity markets, but
1: less so in currency markets. Can you explain to our listeners why this has been the case? Yeah, and the volatility there has been especially in relation to bond markets because, you know, at different stages, all those central banks are now on a, in a data-dependent mode. And, and as we talked about at the outset, they haven't ruled out uh, further uh, rate hikes. So markets at different stages react to data coming in better than expected. Then they start to think, well, okay, maybe there could be uh, a rate hike. But also what's happening is, is that at different stages over the last couple of weeks, the extent of, of rate cuts been priced in has, has, has moved out and then moved in if, if data has been weaker than expected the market's priced in more rate cuts next year if it's coming stronger than expected it's reduced its its degree of rate cuts that it envisages overall the message from all the central banks is, is higher for longer so we've seen a lot of volatility uh, on, on bond markets but currency markets have been much more stable uh, and that's because as I said at the outset if you look at all the three central banks the key ones we look at from a currency viewpoint the ECB The US Fed and the Bank of England, you know, they're all espousing the same message now. Where, you know, rates probably are at their peak. Uh, and the market's more assessing, well, when do you get start to get rate cuts? And that's really in the second half of next year. So even though the level of interest rates are are at different levels in those uh, respective economies and respective monetary policy stances, the actual stance of monetary policy is fairly similar in terms of where central banks are at. So that's why the uh, currency pairs haven't moved by as much. We haven't seen anywhere near the level of volatility we've seen in uh equity and especially bond markets and there's been a lot of volatility in bond markets uh, at the moment and it's been very much around that view next year is markets have continuously been reassessing and repricing the extent of, of rate cuts but in terms of currency levels if you look at euro dollar you know we've been in a close to the 107 107 level over the last uh week or so Uh, and where we see that pair over the next while is edging up maybe towards uh 108 into the first quarter of next year with euro sterling you know not it's been very narrow range trading in that pair and for a lot of the days over the last while it's been 86 to 87p broadly speaking so we don't see any great great movement in euro sterling you know we see a midpoint of a trading range of 87p Uh, Over the next two to three quarters. Uh, And similarly, when we look at cable, because Euro dollar and Euro sterling have been fairly stable, and we expect that in terms of the outlook, we don't expect any huge move in cable either. You know, we're close to 122 to 123 trading band recently. And we see that edging slightly up as Euro dollar edges slightly up. Uh, We see cable edging slightly up towards 124 into the first quarter. So, you know, generally speaking, in terms of our outlook for the major currency peers in terms of euro dollar euro sterling and and sterling against the dollar we don't see a lot of movement over the next while because all three central banks are pretty much given the same message uh, and the outlook is rates at or near their peak Uh, and then it all will depend next year who cuts first and to what extent relative to each other we get rate cuts uh, as we move into the second half of 2024.
0: And finally, John, looking at the week ahead from a data perspective, is there anything our listeners should look out for?
1: Well, it's a busy week uh, on the UK front because last week was very quiet in terms of data releases. Uh, but this week we do get a lot out. So there is always the potential then if it's a busy uh, data calendar for respective currency. So from a sterling viewpoint, uh, it's a busy schedule this week. We get labour market updates uh, for September. We also get inflation and retail sales numbers uh, for October. Uh, so they're important releases in the UK. And from a dollar viewpoint, we also get inflation numbers in, in the US. Uh, Euro land is very much more quieter in terms of schedule scheduled perspective. So in terms of what could prompt some volatility on currency markets in the UK, it's uh, labour market data, inflation data and in the US it's inflation data as well because these are all key inputs that their sectors uh, central banks will be assessing uh, on their policy decisions so that's why they're important releases this week. John we'll leave it
0: there for today thank you as always for your insights and thanks to also to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date with the markets please press the subscribe button to AOB's Market Talk or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Banks' PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. AIB NI is a trademark used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under license by AIB Group UK plc. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority. And regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.